everyone, and welcome to A Nightmare on Fear Street. A monstrous podcast about all things horror. If you like what you hear today, then you can follow us on all of the usual socials or subscribe to our Patreon for bonus content and merch. You can find all of that by visiting us at allmylinks.com backslash A Nightmare on Fear Street or in our episode descriptions wherever you're listening to this podcast at. All right, everyone. We are here. We are back. And we are covering cobwebs. That's right. We are still doing 23 and me and this bitch deserves to be talked about this year cuz I've seen a lot of movies this year. Um and she's fun. She's fun. I a lot of people love her. A lot of people are like I don't get it. Um but like I'm I'm in the majority of this bitch is a fun, weird, creepy little time and she's gorgeous to look at. And so we talking about her. Yay. Yes. Agreed. Uh, this this can we talk about how pretty this cast is. Like ooh. The cast is pretty. The house is pretty. The monster is beautifully constructed. Like, right. this is one of those movies, because a lot of times we 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 can notice the work of somebody in a movie, you know, like either the sound design's popping or the costumes or whatever. This is one of those times where everybody was on the fucking same page and it's art. It's almost an art piece that happens to also be scary. Right. I, yes. I think for me, like I... I don't think Lizzie Kaplan gets as much love as she should. She is a great actress. Like her performances are always like very specific, very detailed. And there's so many, especially this time, there are so many layers to her character. That's so interesting. I'm happy you brought her up because I, I finally watched Castle Rock this year and she plays Annie Wilkes in season two. And I also did Fatal Attraction because Joshua Jackson was there. And it was not a good show. But, like, she's still doing everything she can, even in a like, shit show like that. And I'm just happy that after Mean Girls, she was like, I'm going to keep being better. I'm going to actually show you I'm the one you should have been watching when you're watching Mean Girls. Yeah. She was also great in True Blood. She, she wasn't that. Yeah, she's the uh, Jason's girl, the girl he fucks for a little bit and gets him on V. She's everywhere. I like her and Anthony um, Star are one of my notes because I only seen Anthony on The Boys, and he he plays that character so fucking well. Like it's a very he makes that character more complex than it should be. Um, still an yes. ultimate villain, but like he is acting, and I I know nothing about him because that's all I ever see him on. Even though he's been doing the things forever, but like he's not normally in the horror genre, and so when would I see him? Yeah. Oh. He's very pretty. Yeah. Very pretty. As I hope it's credit to see he's done other movies I just didn't know about. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Banshee looks like a show, but it's called Banshee, so I'm imagining that's probably here. Guy Ritchie's The Covenant, that's coming out this year, so that's not my fault. I don't know about it. Look. <laughs> but he's from New Zealand. He's attractive. This is him without blonde hair in this movie. I appreciate that because his character in The Boys definitely has very blonde hair, which goes for that character for things and reasons. Yeah. Yeah, I, yes, agreed. Um, so I also, one of the the highlights of this film for me was Miss Divine, Cleopatra Coleman. Yes. Like the prime example of the fact that teachers, with good teachers, I, I'm not going to say all teachers, but good teachers go above and beyond for their students. I, so I have I have 
various thoughts about that because Cleopatra Coleman, she, I've seen her in so many things this year. We just talked about, well, we will be talking about Infinity Pool. We've had to do these out of order because they played our face with Cobweb. Um, <laughs> but we're going to talk about Infinity Pool later. And she's been in some other stuff I've seen this year. And I want her to get more lead roles because I'm tired of us using her as our black sidekick, our black supporting actor. Um, and I was worried for her because again, she, she is given the task of trying to save this white child at all costs. And I'm just like, but like, you know, you in danger, girl. Don't go in that house. Girl, stop going over there. Stop. Even when she turns around, when he's behind her with the hammer. And I'm like, stop putting yourself on the line for this child. I'm tired of that trope. And I, as I always say, the way you get out of that trope is stop putting black people in just those kind of roles, but also cast them in leads. And again, I fucking love Lizzie and Anthony together. And like even the kid, Woody, um, I almost said something else, Woody Norman, like the cast is brilliant, but again, we are defaulting to it must be all white leads. And I think that hurts the story because I'm looking at her and I'm like, why is she here in this role that we see forever of the serving the black person <laughs> up for the sake of the white people forever and always? I'm tired of it. Yeah. And I want more because yeah, she's a better actor than that. Like most yeah. black actors who get well, really her performance it. in this movie is good. Like she's got a good performance here. I, I, but I, and I agree with you. I think that, yeah, her be, yeah, I was just coming at it from a generalized teacher moment, but yeah, her being a black teacher adds yeah. something to that, especially being the only, I don't wait, hold on. I don't want to no. speak out of my ass. The only black person in the movie named character in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, well there's, Oh, it's a voice. Okay. Yeah. Like again, and it's the, it's the same trap a lot of movies fall into. Um, and it's because they want to give the black people the least to do. And then when you do that, you end up in these same stereotypes and tropes that we're tired of and books are being written about and essays are being written about. Because again, how hard would it have been to swap her out for Lizzie Kaplan and see how that looks? Cause Lizzie would have played that fucking teacher. Well, um, as well. And Cleopatra yeah. probably could do this. We will never know because we won't let her do anything. <laughs> but right. I think that she's got the stuff and I want to see her get to do it because I, I'm tired of her being underutilized and I'm tired of this issue ongoing on film where it's like the black person must serve the white people. Otherwise, what is their purpose? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that to just the use of her trying to help the child and no one listening to her, like, teachers have, like, again, I'm talking about good teachers. I understand there's shitty ones out there. But good teachers can sense when a child, when something's not right. Like, and she knew from the get-go. But their her administrators were like, don't get attached to this kid. Telling a teacher not to get attached to a student is like, especially teachers that give a fuck is impossible like my i've got plenty of friends and family members who are teachers and they're like i like for example my friend darby she doesn't want to have children she says i have 30 children i have hundreds of children every year i don't want to have my i don't need to have my own because i get because you get attached to these kids and it was just wild when this administrator was telling her to not get attached to the child while disregarding her concerns about the child's home life. The administrator was bullshit as most administrators are, but I also was like, you can't go to the child's house. That's not a thing we do. <laughs> um, it's just, it's, it's not. And again, they, they put her in this role of we'll go above and beyond and break all the rules of his life, limb and career to save this random white kid. 
And I'm just like, I'm sure there's other kids that also need your attention. And if you're dead, you can't help them. So maybe you need That's to like true. have other people investigate it. Maybe go through their proper channels, call CPS. I don't know. But for you to show right. up they, on their doorstep twice, because the first time you're like, I felt like I was in danger. Let me go back. Why? Yeah. I was so yeah. worried they're going to after wooded her from um, <laughs> Annabelle. <laughs> I was so worried that's going to happen. Like, if y'all do that to Cleopatra, I'm going to throw something because this is a beautiful movie. Don't do this to me. And so I'm happy she lives, but I also... Well, I'm, go ahead. I'm happy that she's essentially the person that comes in and saves... She does save him. Like, she is the person that saves him. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm glad that she doesn't die and she's given the hero story treatment towards at the end of the film. Kind of she is because again, like she, she definitely saves him, but like when we have a hero that is thought out and plotted out, like they save them because of something, whether it's like smarts or strength or what have you. And she just kind of like, I won't rest until I know this child is safe. And I mean, I guess that could be a thing, but again, you're looking at it through the lens of black feminists. I'm just like, why, why? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a good point. It's a really good point. Yeah. And the one funny point I thought of, though, was when he's doing the pumpkin at the beginning of this, she comes up to him. Before he says the pumpkin's name, she says, what is his name? I said, why do you assume this pumpkin was a man? Listen, listen. <laughs> My favorite pumpkins are not men. But I, I, I got ahead of myself. Not all pumpkins. Listen, I got ahead of myself because I, I think this is the movie people tried to convince me the black phone was. I read, okay, because I was putting in notes as I watched the film last night, and I read that, and I was like, that is so accurate. Because I liked Black Phone. I wasn't as wild about it as other people mm -hmm. were. I mean, it's not a bad time, but it could have been so much better. But yeah, no, this is what the Black Phone wanted to be. 100%. 100 fucking percent. Um, and we... The Black Phone was part of this like giant boom where we just had all these movies about children getting SA'd. And I did not like that. We reviewed a couple and that's when we were like, we got to be more like <laughs> involved when the movies were offering to cover because no. And I think part of that was because of the It remakes coming out. And so they were like, it's cool to saw kids again. That's creepy. I'm like, it's not. It's not. I I am camp fuck those kids, meaning Freddie and Jason can go ahead and like slash them, cut them, throw them in the lake, whatever. I'm not here for the let's put this child actor through this for a movie that's mid. Like, yeah. <laughs> and so I, I like that our abuse here, while it is abuse, it's not sexual abuse because I think that that is a step too far and people keep doing it. And I don't know why that trend is still trending. Yeah. Yeah, that, that yeah, that's accurate. I I will say I was proud of myself because I made and I made this note. Like I said, I was putting them in as I was watching it. I said I put a timestamp too. I said I'm 20 minutes in, and I'm convinced the voice is a girl. The father I was so I was close. I wasn't completely there. Was a girl the father's kidnapped and keeping in the house? Uh, putting this down now so I can be more like Sheree if I'm right. <laughs> And I was somewhat right. I was somewhat right. Let's talk about that. Because the first time I watched it, I was so intent on the girl in the wall being the girl that went missing that I missed. Same. I missed Same. everything, all the clues. I missed all the clues, even to the point where after the credits rolled and it was obvious I was not what it was. I'm like, but maybe it was. So I watched it again. <laughs> and I was like, no, bitch, you a lie. That is literally, they gave birth to a monster, put her in a fucking wall. And then, like, that girl in the garden, I guess, was one of the casualties. <laughs> Along well, the, the girl in the garden. 
wasn't that the trick or treater? Missing who, girl. Yeah, the missing girl. Which was yeah. the secret that Lizzie Kaplan's character was hiding, aside from the bitch in the wall, because Carol was sus. And I was like, I don't think you're an abused woman, Carol. I think y'all got other secrets in this house. Um, they murdered somebody, and that's what she was really worried about, and that's why he was willing to kill this teacher if the teacher asked me questions. They they were both sus. I clued into him before I clued into her. Oh, because, it's always men. Well, right, <laughs> but the, also the trope of parents not listening to their children is ever present. Like he's clear, like telling him he's he's not hearing what he's hearing is not helpful. <laughs> like so, I was like the father being so obviously controlling and and then and then on the same tone same like line preaching about nonviolence while be like and vi- i made this note and i was like this i think more people need to come to terms to this violence isn't always physical Mm-mm. this husband was violent every time he was on the screen and even when he wasn't hitting anyone or like hurting anyone Physically. There is something about him to where you know that there's danger every time he's there, even when he's being charming. Which, again, to give Anthony um, Starr his credit, he plays these kind of characters well because it's a similar character to who he plays on The Boys. I don't want to ruin too much about that. People have not seen it. Um, she's on Prime. I think there's three or four seasons of time recording this. I, I lose count. But, like, he plays these characters well where you know that they are dangerous. You know that they are threatening you, but he's doing the dad nods and charm. And so it's like this weird cluster of I'm so uncomfortable. And it makes it more sinister because we've all been in situations where the abuser is like, I'm a good guy. I'm a good person. I think about the people I've quit working for because I quit so many jobs. Um, And those Lindas are always like, I'm good. I'm not the problem, but it is you, Linda. It fucking is you. (laughs) You're the problem, it's you. Listen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> At tea time. Everybody do agree, bitch. Um, and so right. I think that I just, Anthony really gets these characters. And I don't know what that says about him or the people he knows. Um, <laughs> but I love that he's playing them because someone's going to play the toxic bastards and play them well. Someone's got to do it. Right? Uh, I, and I lo- like, so I like that this mother is obviously ignoring all of the red flags that her child is telling her, but then claims to not know how this happened in quotation marks. Like how do you, but, but especially white parents do this all the time, which, I mean, you can tell me if I'm wrong. It kind of speaks to why the parents are white because like, this is a very white, white, white parent thing to be like, oh, I didn't know. I had no idea. And then my teacher's like, I sent this letter home. I talked to you here, did this. I, like, I, I, I do want to give it that it could be a white person only scenario. However, we've covered Tales from the Hood and there's a story in Tales from the Hood where this is uh, a little true. similar setup. Um, and so I'm true. just like, abuse happens to everybody. These, this family could have been black. I mean, I'm not saying I need more abusive black parents on screen. I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying when we default to Leeds White, everybody else will figure right. out later, it shows. Because again, yeah. I think that had they sat down and been like, hey, what we've done is a bad thing. <laughs> How do we give this character more to do so we don't out, out, out here with another black lady who's willing to put her life on the line for a random white family or a white person? Because that's the trope that is still going like this movie, which came out this year and we've seen it forever. It's like, if we're on screen, it's to service somebody or be magical. And I'm tired. (laughs) Yeah. That. Yeah. 
That is a good, that's fair. What, what gags me about the parents though, is the way that they belong on Elm street because they are trying to gaslight this child, even though they know that the truth is out there. They're like, you don't hear anything. Those are just rats. That's so fucking Nancy's mom. Not to trigger you. Cause I know that you hate Nancy. <laughs> As Mike Unofficial's finding out. Cause Mike Unofficial's listening to old episodes right now. <laughs> I, okay. I'm ready for us to cover new nightmare. Cause I'm much nicer to Nancy when I watch new nightmare than when I watch nightmare in Elm street. <laughs> because <laughs> uh, i don't hate nancy i just it, it, the flames her vocal choices grate me on that first film sorry about it i said it like i've never said episode in a minute but like you talked about her for a minute it was more than the vocals <laughs> i it, and i did not i've grown to appreciate i appreciate nancy at this time in 2023 while I'm not a fan. So maybe in three years, you and Toby Hooper can have a dinner again? Nope, that ain't happening. He's dead to me. <laughs> I haven't put that on there. I said, Toby Hooper has no hope in my book. Like, no hope. I, I, it's That's like you and Mike Flanagan. That's like, different. It's, just, it's, that's it's different. not happening. That's beef. Um, <laughs> you like Poltergeist enough. Did he do Poltergeist? He directed that. Okay. Okay, he has one out of the three that I've watched, <laughs> and I hate the other two enough to it kind of negates that one. We've covered three. Uh, we've covered four of his movies because Poltergeist. So we've done Poltergeist, Salem's Lot, and Texas Massacre one and two. And I okay, so three out of the four I hated. So he's bad twenty five percent for you. He's more like eighteen <laughs> percent. Whereas Nancy is more at like a sixty percent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Inclu- including New Nightmare, which we haven't technically covered. So I guess in the podcast, he's more of about a 40%. Yeah, yeah. We'll see about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I also, the the part that sent me was when the dad resorted to the basement. And they shoved this boy in the basement and then the mother says, we're doing this because we love you. And I was like, the amount of time, that, that just brought me at, in my own lived experience back to the whole, well, I love you. I just hate that you're gay. I'm doing this because I love you. I'm telling you you're going to hell because I love you. How many times have people done abusive shit in quotation marks because they loved them? That paired with the fact that we have so many complicit moms who let abuse happen and they're like, I'm on my child's side because her idea of shielding him is like, go to your room. And the father's like, no, you know, it's a basement. And she's like, oh no, I, I'm helpless. Um, and like when the teacher's right. there, she was going to make him kill the teacher so she can keep her hands clean and just be a victim. And I, I have no, my patience for those kind of women has just worn a thin and I know sometimes there's an abuse situation, so I try, but sometimes they're just like, you are really letting all this shit happen to your child because you don't want to use your full voice. And that's child endangerment, and you're also a bad parent on top of marrying somebody or just shacking up with somebody who is a shitty parent. Um, so, like, if you don't want to be a real parent and you don't want to find it a real parent, you should probably go ahead and, like, find it a home as opposed to yeah. staying here and being like, but I didn't actually do anything. He did it all. Right. I didn't actually hit anyone. Right. He hits I them. I just allowed it to happen. I just sit here when it happens. I'm innocent. Fuck you, Linda. Right. Absolutely. Uh, to things that don't make me violent. 
This movie wastes no fucking time. It's 88 minutes. Um, and it's like, these are the people, these are the steeple, all hell about to break loose. And I'm like, ah, yay. <laughs> we love 90 minutes. We love a 90 minute timestamp on Fear Street. Please. That is it was gold standard. It was ending when I was like, oh, this is oh, it's over. Like I <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, yes. What so one of the things that I kind of struggle with in this movie, and it's not to do with like the quality of the movie, it's more to do with the impact the movie could have, if that makes sense, which I know is not the movie's purview. Like you can't control how your art is being received. Cause y'all know I love a twist. I you know, especially a twist that I don't see coming. Like I didn't see that she was a sister. Uh I didn't see all that coming. I also, but I don't know that I loved that at the end, the abusive parents were proven correct because she is kind of psychotic and tries to start killing people. I didn't get that messaging. So I'm curious to hear where this is going. Because like, okay, so when he's going up after he kills his mom and dad and Lizzie Kaplan is laying on the ground and be like, don't let her out. Don't, don't do it. I hate that part because it gives it away. I hate when she said that. And I was like, damn it! But go on. Sorry. But I, yeah, I didn't like, because then she's, I wouldn't hurt, if she's gonna, if she is the abusive parent, just let her flat be the abusive parent. Like, don't give her at the end of her life a moment of like, let me protect you. I was right all along. She is evil. She is that... Because like as soon as she lets him, he lets her out. She's like, "I was manipulating you the whole time." Hey, hey, hey. so it's like, I don't know. I just didn't love that part. And it maybe, it maybe you're right. Maybe if Lizzie Kaplan didn't have that line, I would feel different. It was just that moment that I was like, "Don't give her a redemption moment. Don't give her that." I hate that line because I don't want you to tell me what's about to happen because I'm here to experience it. Um, I didn't think that was a line of redemption because again, we saw them chain a child up in a basement. And we know they put another child in the wall, whatever was wrong with the kid. And so I don't think you can redeem those people. I don't think they're just, I don't think they tried to redeem them. I agree. I agree. I think that was just her being like, it's about to be real fucking danger. Also, I'm dead. Like, it wasn't her being like, (laughs) now I'm a good mom. That was not not how I read that at all. Okay. Well, maybe, maybe it was just me. I just, I feel like if they had cut that line, this would be like a 5% better movie for me. I just didn't like that one little moment. And it it made me be like, uh, why does she have to be evil? Like, why does the girl on the wall have to be psychotic? Why couldn't, I don't know. I don't know. I just didn't. My- I, I saw that I don't, I gave this movie four out of five stars. So like, I, I love this movie. I just didn't love that one part. My thing is we've seen, we've seen this three line before a little bit with Malignant, with Basket Case, with so many others where there's a sibling that is off the fucking walls, but we don't know all the details yet. Um, And so like, I I was not mad about that. I just, I wish that we hadn't told us what was coming because again, we moved at a clip and I'm like, what's going to happen? We unlock that door. What the fuck we going to find in that room? Um, And she was like, oh, it's her. I'm like, don't tell me it's her. I figured it was her. I need you to confirm it. I wanted some, I wanted some more juice. I wanted some more excitement. Um, And I think that that is, while yeah, some people probably lean forward. I'm not one of those people. I'm like, and I leaned backwards a little bit. And then we opened the door. I'm like, I lean back (laughs) because I... (laughs) I wasn't going anywhere. I paid for this bitch. Because yeah. um, so, I, I also want to, I, I want to, I would love to know how I would have experienced that moment if they cut that line. Because like, I, 
Or, or if they had shown, I just need to know who the villain and I, the villain is. And I get it. If it's all three, it's all three, and I'm not opposed to that. I just need a better sense of that earlier in the film than when I got it. Maybe I don't know. I'm just if we did to make it too it early, what would be point the rest of the movie though? Because it'd be like, yeah. this is it. Oh, and so I, I love that she has to tell us. She has to fill in the blanks when she's out of her walls. She has to be like, they put me away because I was disgusting. And they babied you, you little fucker. And so I've been sitting here with all my little sibling rivalry, watching your ass. No, I'm going to throw hands the second you can move this clock. I I love Vengeance as a long game as a Gemini. I don't, I'm in patience. I get it t- today. That is your love language. It is. But that petty bitch was like, I'm in here floating and I'm learning how to crawl and we're going to fight, bitch. We're going to fight. Like, <laughs> and it took, me, it took me two watches to really let that sink in. Because again, I was like, she's the missing girl. She's the missing girl. She's not. And it makes sense because when Carol is flipping the fuck out when the teacher's in the kitchen and yelling, I would never do that to Peter. Peter was a miracle. We weren't even supposed to have Peter. I was like, the second time I ran, I'm like, I'm hearing you now. Peter's your normal quotation marks kid and your first kid, your reject kid quotation marks you put in the fucking wall, you bitch. Yeah. Which is, which is relatable. And it tracks with, especially Carol, because Carol and Mark are both exhibiting signs of parents who don't deal with the real world. They are just like, this is our story and we're sticking to it and we're picture perfect. Um, You don't hear a woman talking to you from the wall. That's mice. Even though we put that bitch in the wall. Oh, right. like we're not abusing you. We're we right. are <laughs> giving you consequences. This is a grounding. What do you mean, friend? And so, right. So, did you have did you have a um a trigger moment when they said uh, we're gonna homeschool you? That's when I was like, they are it. They are evil. <laughs> um, I oh, I was like, they are unredeemable. We must murder them. And so I'm happy he poisoned them because I'm like, they're gonna homeschool you. I love that part when he when they were like. Eating it, he was in it because it was a, such a slow burn. Because at first, I don't even realize he's not eating until the dad's like, Stop playing with your food. And then the dad realizes what the fuck he's not eating. And the mom's like, Oh, I smell it, smells like almond or something, cinnamon. cinnamon. It smells like cinnamon. That's so odd. What'd you put in this? And she's like, I didn't put cinnamon. And they're like, Fuck. I also love that he cut the fucking phone cord. Like, the girl in the wall was giving him all the tea. She's like, here's how you kill your parents. Um, I also that she made him kill their parents because, like, she would like to, but Storybrot's fine. And so, <laughs> I, she's so sinister. I want more time with her, but we do not need sequels to things. We just... No, this one especially doesn't need a sequel. It built the world. It ended the world. It the story is over. It can never be recaptured. Like it's it's yeah. like a waking nightmare fairy tale situation. It felt right. like the perfect blend of Pushing Daisies and Hannibal. Finally right. for me, because it was so dark but so gorgeous and whimsical, but also like the bowels of hell. And I'm just like, oh my god, I feel so seen here. <laughs> yeah, I. Yeah, I, I agree. We don't need any sequels. So this movie is also just another example of how the fuck kids are the worst. Mm-hmm. Kids are terrible people. But like, it, it, <laughs> but my note says, kids are awful and we need less of them. But really though, yes. like <laughs> stop having children, straight people. Um, I think we need to unpack our obsession with making kids innocent because kids aren't always innocent. These bullies in this movie in this movie are not fucking innocent. They are garbage human beings. They know what they know what they're doing. And story after story shows that they're not always innocent. And 
sometimes when you don't acknowledge that they're fucking not innocent, they grow up to be even worse monsters when they're adults. The thing is, kids come from adults, and adults are assholes. Um, and so the kids are learning how to be assholes from the assholes raising them. And so Fair. you get this van full of assholes, which, how is one of them old enough to drive? Because Peter looked like he was like, what, 10? Um, but like... Like eight, yeah. <laughs> but they got a friend who can drive, and I, let's just unpack all of this, because these fools pull up on Halloween. First off, what kind of asshole ain't got plans on Halloween when you're a child who gets to go outside? Oh. Um, two... You are like, let's go beat these people up in their house. I'm like, are you not, you going to take on a family of three because you don't like this one kid you want to bully who don't go to your school no more? He don't even go to your school anymore. <laughs> like, again, I love a grudge, but work smarter, not harder. There's bitches at your school you can be bullying. Like, <laughs> Choose your victims better. Listen, listen. <laughs> uh, and they, they're like, are they fucking with us when the door opens? I'm like, again, there's a whole family who lives here and you're like, we're just going to go in and beat them up and nobody's going to say anything? Like, <laughs> come on now. Uh, yes, I... <laughs> 100%. I do love that they get what's coming to them at the climax of the movie. I love that they all die. I love that. They were basically there for her demo reel. <laughs> I was like, what all can she do? <laughs> all of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I also want to mention just societal wise we have got to realize that bullying is a complex issue like the fact that this kid uh the bully uh brian has been has been pushing this kid over and over and over and over and over and over and over again and then, yeah, the kid snaps. Granted, he was being manipulated by his his psychotic sister that he doesn't know about. But, like, yeah, he pushes him down some stairs because, bitch, fuck around and find out. That's I and then and then that's what gets him expelled. That's what gets the victim of the bullying of the long term bullying expelled because the fucking system doesn't want to deal with the actual fucking bullies. I just love that this bully got himself fucked up, like broken arm on crutches. And he's like, I'm not done yet. That That is an aspiring white man if I've ever seen one. To be like, I can't take an L. I'll be back when I can move again. Like, <laughs> In that scene after he pushes him down the stairs, his leg is fucked. Uh, it's broken in multiple places. Again, because this was riding me a little bit of Tales from the Hood, that one story, I was like, the boy must have weak bones. And I giggled. Like... <laughs> <laughs> He must have that, what's that movie, uh, Glass, where the oh. dude has, like, brittle bones and breaks it. <laughs> I, I'm thinking about watching the Shyamalan for the first time in a long time because I'm doing Spooky Sarah's 100 Movies in 92 Days. And I'm like, what if I what if I include a director I don't normally watch? So I was between him and Flanagan. And I was like, well, no. Um, and then I remember I remember Zack Snyder did Army of the Dead, and I just rewatched Dawn of the Dead for a listicle I made. So I'm like, should I do that? Probably it's long, but also it's probably going to be better than what the other two are going to give me. I mean, I, I don't know the other one, so I can't say. I have seen what I'm assuming you were going to watch for M. Night Shyamalan uh, movies. So I don't know I, which I, one it would have been. I don't know which one. Because, again, uh, I've okay. only seen like three or four of his movies. Um, <laughs> I could have told you a better one, better ones to watch that, uh, that I actually kind of enjoy. I like Devil... I like, uh, I like parts of Knock at the Cabin. She's too long. Um, again, Army of okay. Army of 
I forgot what it's called already. Uh, <laughs> Army of Zack Snyder. Listen, that's long too, but at least they're zombies. You might like Devil, which, well, you'd probably call it early, but I always it's call short. it shit early, it's, which is why I stopped watching this shit. Yeah, it's a it's one of his shorter films. Anyway, he needs shorter films because again, I don't like sitting there for two hours being like that ain't the grandparents, just being more bitter every <laughs> scene. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, agreed. That's a real town in a real city in these parts. <laughs> Two hours later, it's a real city in a real town in these parts. I'm like, oh, is it? Is it? <laughs> I didn't like that one either. No, um, that man did. Two hours later, that man did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was the whole time. The whole time, y'all. Come on, what? <laughs> and so that's why. <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna be Zack Snyder. I'm still too. I'm still too bitter. I'm still too bitter. Apparently, we just found out. I'm gonna go ahead and do Army of whatever the fuck I said it was because I forgot the name of it already. Army of Zack Snyder. Listen, I could just call it Army of Darkness, but I think that's the Evil Dead one. Um, that's the Evil Dead third movie. Yes, you know what? People need to think about their titles because I drink. <laughs> but back to this movie and this director, who I'm not mad about. I. Part of the reason I wanted to see this movie so bad is because I had just watched Marianne this year, which is a show on Netflix. It's French and it's creepy as fuck. I discovered it because Ian Carpenter, who's the showrunner over on Slasher, put it on his list of five things um, and he cheated, but I allowed it because I'm like, I don't know about this and look good. And so when I saw what that show was, and you have not seen Marianne on Netflix, please go fucking do it because it's fucking creepy. It's fucking creepy, y'all. I saw it and I was like, what else is he doing? And they're like, he's got a movie called Cobweb coming out. I'm like, I'm going to the theater. And the theaters wouldn't let me, which is a whole thing. I'm not going to rehash that here. It's my fucking hot take because I'm a Gemini and I'm never going to forget. Um, but like, <laughs> I now that I've seen this movie and I've seen Marianne, I think it's time for Samuel Bowden, if I'm saying that correctly, to team up with Kayla Cooper. Um, because between Marianne and this, and between what I saw her do with Mathrigan and Malignant and what we're about to see her do with Nun 2, which is coming out in like a two, three weeks from the time of recording this, um, I think that this is a duo I need to see for my spirit. I'm into that. I'm into that. I think that uh, a Kayla Cooper's script would add a little more um, fun yes. to this that, that I think he needs. Uh, not, that this, not that this wasn't fun. fun. I just mean like, no. I mean like malignant fun. She's, like, <laughs> she's more camp and this is yes. more creepy fun. And I think that they would be a nice a nice pair because we could get both is what I'm thinking. Because we could have the yeah. camp, but we also have the creepy fun and it could all be well, like walking sideways. Right. Especially if he had cast uh, Cleopatra as Carol. Uh, or Lizzie Kaplan, they're both fantastic actors, so either one of them could play it, like we said. But could you imagine Akila Cooper writing, or a Kayla Cooper? Is it a Kayla? A Kayla. Could you imagine a Kayla Cooper writing Carol? I was thinking of a different project, but well, yeah, I, absolutely. I just mean like that kind of aesthetic yeah. would be so fun. I because I mean, again, I've seen Marianne, and like the aesthetic is there because again, we get directors who have a style. Um, and that's a French thing. So the fact that that style, I just, I need everybody to watch Marianne so I can stop trying to like dance around all the spoilers. Um, it's good. It's French. If you really don't want to fucking read Netflix, let you do it in English, but like it's dubbed. So live with yourself. 
Uh, right. <laughs> just fucking read I'll have it. To do it when I'm sober. Just fucking read it. It's it's so fucking good. It's so fucking creepy. And like the the opening moments, I'm just like, did y'all think y'all was gonna do Evil Dead Rise? What the fuck is all this? And then we like started off. I'm like, what do you mean? We, we that was just the, oh my god. I just so I want more from That's him. Funny. I want more from her, and I want them to talk about a project and give it to me while I'm still young enough to like go see it. Are you gonna get like super old in the next like five years? We don't know. Like we don't. We're starting. Anything like, can happen. That could happen in twenty years, and you'd still be young enough to watch it. Anything can happen, Trent. We live in out here in a pandemic with aliens hovering. Anything could happen. Look. <laughs> so if we could do it now, like, you got to do it quick. I'm, the second I'm, people I work turned, again. The second. What? I just turned twenty-eight again. You got to get it in. You got to hurry. All right. I've only got so many more decades left. Like I just <laughs> I like I do enjoy that when you speak of your life, you're like, it's always like <laughs> about to end. Because again, we is on a rock <laughs> in the middle of a universe with aliens circling us. They don't want to talk to us, but they also don't have anything better to watch. Oh, uh, <laughs> And we was in a pandemic for three years. People wouldn't wash their fucking hands. And so I don't know. I don't. It's so, Listen. it's so funny to me. I love it. I go downstairs for my like fucking fruit snacks in the locker and like the elevator crash. I don't know. I don't know. It's like, do you remember that? S- I think it was SNL character. SNL character that was like uh, Debbie Downer and everything should be like, I feel like we need to make a charade character that's like everything has to happen right now because you're about to die. Like- <laughs> I don't want to wait. For my life to be over. <laughs> hey, y'all want to go to the grocery store? Yeah, but we have to go right now because you never know what will happen, you know? Listen, listen. <laughs> if you walk with a purpose, like everything is last call, you get there faster. I love it. I love it so much. Clean <laughs> my next writing gig is writing that, that <laughs> script. Hey, let's go to the movies this weekend. No, we have to go tonight because you never know. Tomorrow could be the end. Listen, listen, <laughs> but it's true. I would not be surprised if I woke up tomorrow dead. Like, I just, <laughs> I wouldn't be you wouldn't. You wouldn't be. No. That is true. Yeah. And you know what? If that happens, I'll be like, well, she called it. Listen, again, I, again, Sheree predicted it. <laughs> my energy is the same when people tell me all the things. And I'm like, I used to be like, is it an Onion article? Is it real news? I'm just like, yes. Yes, Andrew. Well, that that is accurate. I'm like, <laughs> so true. of course we have aliens. What else? Am I still having to work what? and pay rent? Then it's not a really good sign right now. Like, <laughs> it's like there's this. I there's so many TikToks and memes, but there's one that like cracked my chip the other day because it was just like a flow chart of all the things that are wrong and if it matters enough to like actually care about. And the person was like, step one, do I still have to go to work? Then I can't care. <laughs> do I not have to go to work? I'm interested. Oh, step two. <laughs> do I have to pay rent? <laughs> yes, then I don't care. <laughs> no, I'm still interested. <laughs> and it's going because it's, it's the truth. Like as millennials, we have student debt we're never going to pay back. We have all our families who wouldn't go to therapy. We have all the baggage we've gotten from the who wouldn't go to therapy. We can't afford therapy, most of us, even though we know we need it. Um, at least we're doing better that way every generation. We're like, I know I need it, but like I'm in America, so fuck me. Um, uh, yes. And so I can't really care about the little green men who are watching us and eating popcorn. Um, good on them for not landing here. Because if I could have chosen to not land here, I wouldn't have. 
I would still be up in the sky, first class. <laughs> Champagne, living a life. G M A M O R O U S. Yeah. She was always spelling. I know we've been over this before, but she was always spelling. She was like Sesame Street for drunk college kids. I'm going to Google Fergie and be like, did she used to be a teacher before she became a singer? <laughs> but I will tell you this that album, I will still stand by that album slaps. Every song is a beggar. I, I post after that hit or miss London but Bridge. that album I love London Bridge it's such a bang play that in a club play that in a club and see what happens you know what I'm gonna just I'm gonna just go ahead and back out of this conversation I I know her singles um London Bridge was her first single yeah, I know I know her singles because she was like I'm leaving the Black Eyed Peas for a week and we were like for what and she's like because I'm F to the E to the I'm like you is not Moesha bitch stop spelling what <laughs> <laughs> True. I I stand by that album as a banger. Sorry about it. That's fair because again, we were two different people at that age bracket. Um, True. We are still two different people. <laughs> I think that was even before we met. Yeah, it was shortly before. Yeah, like while you were talking to Fergie, I was talking to like Fallout Boy and like My Chemical Romance and yeah. them. Which I like them too, but they they. I knew I knew um, Three Cheers for Revenge by heart. I own that bitch. Um, I, I was trying to get the choreography for Helena down when, when Black Parade rolled out I made up a personality I was like this that is the Queen album this, like, this tracks to who we are today Sheree. listen it all makes sense <laughs> what are your kids listening to what's in their iPad do they have iPads anymore what are the kids doing they got eye, eye implants now like, like Black Mirror <laughs> right? uh, what are your kids winking at like yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh. All right. Back to this movie. Uh, So the scariest moment for me um, was when the spider ran out at the school. I had to look away because, you know, I don't do spiders. (laughs) I was like, where the fuck is CPS? There's spiders in the schools. This is not a safe space for the children. (laughs) He might be in more danger here than at home. (laughs) (laughs) That was a scary. That was like a spindly spider. It wasn't like a furry one. It was like a Black Widow looking thing. The shitty part is the movie's called Cobweb, and so there could be spiders, but I didn't think of that. I was like, it's called Cobweb because, oh, no, I need to see it. And then that spider went, I was like, ah, no, I was just kidding. I was just kidding. I didn't, I didn't mean it. I, <laughs> well, go with me here. I think it's Cobweb, and the use of the spider adds to this, too, because she is kind of like a cobweb in the wall, like, yeah. you know, the things you have in your walls. Yeah, like, and she talks about how she was living off cobwebs and bugs. Um, <laughs> so, like, oh, that's true. Plus her Can hair is silver. She's probably skinny as fuck. Listen, like, she has the ideal beach body, according to Cosmo. <laughs> oh. <laughs> in the, especially in, like, the 1990s. She was, like, on the catwalk. It's still a thing today. I eat cat, cobwebs and spiders. But it's Torrid's clothes are shrinking. I'm like, Torrid, you're supposed to be for the big girls. You're supposed to be for the right. big girls. What are you doing? Yeah, it's always been a problem. Listen, we're like... The thigh gaps. <sighs> if my thigh is gapped, it's because I'm doing things I'm not talking about on this podcast. <laughs> or, that ain't true, Sheree. I would talk about it. About that's, yeah, yeah <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> I sit all the time. <laughs> get so many thirst traps. There's... There's notes, especially about Mr. Anthony Starr, because my thigh could get for him any day. Listen. <laughs> He's probably the reason I kept watching the boys when I almost quit that one time. Because I'm like, what are he doing now? Because him and Jay Quaid are over there just having fun. 
and like blowing shit up and getting weird. Like it's so people don't know um, the boys is by the same person who created um, Supernatural, Aaron Kripke, Eric Kripke. I, oh, I didn't know that. I've seen part of the boys, but I didn't know that. Yeah, it's, cool. it's him, but he's leaning more into the humor and less into the like devil. Um, and, so, <laughs> and so it's that same creator. And a lot of people have valid criticisms of him. Um, I'm one of those people, but when I found out Aya Cash was on one of the seasons, I was like, I'm gonna just try it out real quick, and then I'm hooked. Um, yeah. I'm fucking hooked. It's a fucking good show. Uh, all I know is there's an episode where someone treats themselves and goes into someone's asshole and then yes. untreats themselves. I would love to tell you that's the wildest thing that's ever gonna happen there. <laughs> it's a lie, Trent. It's I have seen things on the boys. I I, I keep saying I'm gonna rewatch it, but I don't think I can because like once you see it. <laughs> You're just like, that's with me forever. I saw that go down with that fish and I don't know what to do about it other than go drink. Oh, God. Okay. Well, all right, Shrey, are we ready for hot takes? Yes. Let's get cobwebs. Let's get cobwebs. Let's eat cobwebs and spiders and see what happens. Dust that bitch off. I'm going to go on the cobweb diet. Listen, listen. I kind of was. I was sick over the weekend. <laughs> I would be in y'all's walls, bitches. Like, <laughs> crawling around it. You remember that uh, YouTube video? The the dude. I'm a snake. <laughs> I'm a. <laughs> I'm in your walls. <laughs> Cut me stuck somebody's wall. Ask for another drink. Like, <laughs> I'm a cobweb. Listen, I'm in your walls. That's that's a bit a cool ass costume though. A cobweb. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. What's your hot take? <laughs> um, so this movie is a solid 3.5 for me. Um, and that's fine. People act like if it's not a five-star movie, you've robbed them. It's not. Like, she's a good time. She's creepy. Sure. She's beautiful. The acting is great. Um, I I I don't know. I, I don't even know what's missing, but it just wasn't like, oh my God, my mind has been blown. It hit me in the right. face. I'm never gonna be the same. That wasn't what had happened. And that's fine. She's a good movie. I like her. I own her. I'm going to watch her a few more times. I've seen her twice already. However, off of me and back to Lionsgate, who wronged me, because they gave it a fucking limited release that was so limited I couldn't see it in two different states. I literally was like, oh, it's not played in any of the theaters near me in Minnesota. I'll see it when I'm in California, because it's California. We're going to be near LA. Surely it'll be there. The bitch had 10.30 p.m. showings the last two nights I was in town, and they were 40 minutes away from the Airbnb. So, like, why would y'all hide in y'all's movie? Because I know Lionsgate's like, we got fucking Saw coming. Fuck y'all. But y'all could have had some more money, too. You could have had some fucking more money. Because I gave her $14 the second she had Amazon. I gave her $14. I was like, I'm doing it. I know I'm going to want to see her a couple times. And they fucked up. They fucked up their bag, which, I mean, all studios are doing, which is why people are still on strike at the time of recording this. Exactly. Like fucking up bags. <laughs> uh, Mic drop. Listen. Um, and while I'm here bitching... <laughs> My my other hot take nobody asked me for. <laughs> <laughs> People keep saying this is not a summer movie because um, they're into this new thing where it's like some the movies that come out not in October. What what are y'all doing? The horror movies should come out in October. We have too much fucking content in October. We always fucking do. Let some of these movies fucking breathe. I think she's a perfect movie for August, which is when we're recording this. It's when she get VOD because we're transitioning into fall and she's like ooh. 
get a little bit crisp. Maybe you can think about getting your jacket on if you're not somewhere that's 100 degrees. Um, <laughs> right. Tell me about it. I don't know what state that is, but y'all welcome. Um, <laughs> Maybe have a cider. Right? Right? And so I need people to stop doing that. Well, it's not a spooky season movie if it's not in spooky season. Bitch, it is. Is it a horror movie? Yes. We've had horror movies come out all year long, right. forever and Scream always. Scream 6 came out in January. Listen, the, the new one came out in March. Like, right. when we were kids, we had all those right, remakes of old movies, House of Wax, Chase Massacre, in the fucking summer and shit. I don't know what this new thing is of all horror must be in October. Who the fuck are y'all? Summer's a great time. Like, horror is summer as well. Like, I know you did last summer. Um, <laughs> like, so many summer-based horror films. Like, all, Jaws. Literally, listen, Jaws would not Piranha. be getting people in that fucking water in October, y'all. Come on. And so I, right. you know, I think people just like to complain, and I don't like that complaint because it it lessens the movie. Because I feel like what they might be trying to say without saying it or subconsciously <laughs> not knowing it is that they wanted to get the money from the civilians who only see movies in October that are scary, um, as opposed to the rest of us who watch it all year long. Which again there's no science to it there's no rhyme or reason you could drop a horror movie in february and it can like fucking kill mithrigan or you can drop it um later on in the year and it can still kill like i'm sure something's about to do that now and i don't know what's coming out because i don't know none two none two is coming out like any second probably the day we drop this for all i know because i can't do math you know that bitch gonna clean up you know she'll clean up she's kind of universe and kayla cooper wrote it i think james wan might be back i could be lying i don't know well, and there's a, oh, there's also uh, Haunting in Venice with Michelle Yeoh and a, and a horror flick. Excuse you? Yeah, Tina Fey's also there, but Michelle Yeoh's there. You know what? There's enough Michelle. <laughs> I can make it work. Um, she well, so this I don't want to tell you. I don't, don't want to. No, yeah. I'm a I'm a put that on my. I little... will tell you it's a Poirot film. Poirot. 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 Who that? He's that British. Mystery. He's usually like mystery whodunits, but this one is legit. Like it, he go well. Fuck, I don't want to spoil anything. It's a whodunit when he's trying to, to figure out if a psychic is real. Detective Perot. Yes. That's serious. okay. That okay. That makes sense. That title did sound a little bit familiar, and that is something that he would have fucking done. Um, but it looks pretty good, and Michelle Yeoh's in it. If Michelle so Yeoh was there, I'm going. Like uh, that's all I'll say. Zip. Done. done. It's my new favorite thing. I make it my personality. I don't know what it is yet. So we'll all discover yeah. it together. And she does look a very, it's according to previews, I don't know, you don't watch them. She does look like a central character. That's all awesome. Good. Because again, I'm tired of us being like, underutilize the talent. Tina Fey's not your lead if Michelle Yeoh is there. I'm sorry. Whatever you thought she was going to do, it ain't that. Flip it and yeah. reverse it. Yeah. <laughs> There's other people, but I can't remember who they They don't anyway. matter. Michelle's there. She's the star. Look. <laughs> She's the Beyonce. Ah! Everybody else is just his child. Look. True. I mean, she's heavily featured in the previews. She so. better be. <laughs> so, I don't know if you're going to agree with my hot take. Probably not. Usually no. But it's fine. I'm going to say, I'm saying it with my whole chest in every way possible. To me, this movie is if Malignant, Halloween Ends, and Black Phone had a love child. It's the Halloween ends that got my eyebrows to heaven. But if you think about it, because Halloween ends deals with a lot of like how society, how how the community looks at a certain situation. And this one deals a lot with how this community looks at like the boy saying that he's hearing these things and doing calling out for help and the bullying and all of that. Like it's very Halloween ends vibes, but malignant energy and black phone themes. 
again, Halloween ends is where you lost me. Cause like I could see those other two being in the soup, even though I didn't like the black phone. Um, and even though I think that malignant hits harder, cause like it's a Kayla Cooper. You can't Oh, absolutely. It's like it's like an all-star and some kid who just picked up a ball for the first time. Well, like put in anybody. And, and, and that's probably why this ends up being a four star for me, because malignant is a five star. Halloween ends is like a two. I you think very I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah. And black phone is like a three, three and a half for me. So like it all evens out to a four. I don't remember what I gave black phone. I don't remember. I didn't have to review it. I made you do the review for us and nobody asked me a dress intro because they knew. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's what I'm, I'm sticking to it. Malignant energy, Halloween names, vibes and black phone themes. I definitely see the malignant energy because, again, you got your siblings and one of them is off the fucking wall or in the fucking walls in this case. Um, <laughs> I, I see her and I see Basket Case, which is an older malignant, if you will, where he carries his sibling in a basket. <laughs> basket Case. Wink, wink. 80s are not subtle. Um, <laughs> I, I see those two being the pudding over here. And I see a lot of Brian Fuller because, again, it was giving me creepy Pushing Daisies vibes. Mm. As opposed to Pushing Daisies bright and light. It was like, what if Pushing Daisies turned the lights off on this bitch? And I was like, ooh, it's, it's sinister yeah. now. That's a good point. I'm still sticking with mine. So. I mean, you're a Taurus. I expect nothing else from you. <laughs> I hear you, though. <laughs> yes. I just, how I, I don't know. And I was drunk when I made this hot take, so. I mean, yeah. But I'm still sticking with it. <laughs> I just, I don't know, because I think that... I could probably find a Halloween. I could maybe spot in the DNA, but it wouldn't be ends. It would not be ends, no. It's the community aspect for me, I think. So, but anyway. All right. Well, that is our thoughts on Cobweb. Thank you all for listening, as always. And next week, we're going to be covering Missing. That's right, y'all. A found footage on this street. <gasps> Gasp. <laughs> Y'all know I live for it, so here we are. I'm sad we didn't do searching first, um, but you know what? They are they are spiritual sequels, and so it's fine. But if y'all want to do both, y'all should do both because I watched both, so I got a couple things that they're both very good. Yes, yes, I like one more than another, but that's for next week. Um, yes, same. But same. Anyways, with Missy next week, we're going to keep doing 23andMe, where we're looking at movies that came out this year we've not already covered, which was fucking hard to do. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We were too fucking thorough. We sat at our computers for a good 30 minutes looking for shit. We, (laughs) apparently too much stuff was liked, and so we talked about it, and then we had to be like, what's lift? Um, um, But we're eating good. Like, I mean, we just did Talk to Me. We just did Cobweb. We're doing Missy next week. These are three gems. Yeah, agree. How did that girl agree. say it? Gems. She was this drunk girl who was into something, and she was like, "I was watching Hidden Gems or something, and yes. Hidden Gems or something." It was just not right, and people made fun of her for like a week. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, drunk girls. Anyway, <laughs> again, thank you all so much for listening, and as always, make sure that you stay fierce out there. Bye. <laughs>